Welcome to See Our Studies. Join us each week as we take a deep dive into the Word of God, start a conversation, and discuss how it applies to our lives today. What up, Crossroads? Advent 2023. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, yeah, so that's a strong start. We're going to talk about hope today. Um, when you guys think about hope, what are some things, like normal stuff in your life, you're like, I hope or don't hope this happens or doesn't happen. Like, what's good? I hope the Cowboys win the Super Bowl, oh, and I'm going to take that from everybody at the table. There wow. we go. That's a strong start. That is a strong start. I wonder how you got there. What impressive. happens if your hope is crushed repeatedly for three decades? There is hope. We're going to talk about it today. <laughs> I mean, evidently, like, there's there's some level of hope there, even though it's been met with consistent heartbreak, disappointment. However, That's here's true. where the hope could be based on. The Rangers won the World Series. How and do, if, okay, and if, are they going to also play football? The, <laughs> the Texas football <laughs> Rangers are going to show up, and they're going to kick some tail. It's going to be awesome. No, but if that can happen, anything's possible. Running back Adolis Garcia rushes <laughs> that first five easy. touchdowns. Yes. Listen, yeah. bro, that dude is built. <laughs> He's stout. Oh, man. Yeah. No longer Cooper Rush in the backup. Seager. There are worse ideas for sure. <laughs> yep. Worse ideas. I hope that Luca learns how to pass the ball with oh, more than two gosh. seconds left on the shot clock. Yeah, I think yeah. that would be an amazing thing for uh, the uh, little Mavericks here in the, the Dallas. Little Mavericks. little Mavericks, Mavericks. so yeah. condescending to an <laughs> NBA team is crazy. Are they? Are they? I I hope that the wind is not that bad this December. Me oh, too. The sake of Christmas of Crossroads. I deeply hope that. Oh, me no too. No wind and no I, rain. I hope that. Uh, quick little shout out plug here. If you're going to be here at 8 a.m. on December 9th to help set up with Christmas at Crossroads, I hope there's a lot of people, and I hope it goes quickly. I hope there's donuts. That, too. <laughs> I can't eat them, but I'd be happy for everybody else. Yeah, maybe crushing that hope on okay. Saturday. Wow. What else would you think of when you think about hope? Like, I mean, I hope simple things like I, um, I, hope, I hope my family's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I hope, I hope things go well. I hope my kids grow up to find wonderful direction in their life and, like, do what God calls them to do. Um, I'm you know, turning serious here for a minute. I, I hope that uh, some good movies come out at some point in the near future. Mm, that'd be nice. I've been really kind of not it's on board. not great recently. Yeah, the new awesome. Hunger Games is really good. I still haven't seen it. Really good. It's, it's good. Yeah. yeah. I okay. strongly recommend it. I'm not usually, out. like, I, I haven't had a chance, in a movie theater and I'm 48. Guy, so. Wow. <laughs> I, I think of hope. Wow. I used to, like, as a kid, you, you know, you grow up. Like watching the news, hoping that it snows enough to where your school cancels oh, the next day. Oh, yeah. That was oh, awesome. Man. But then, but then I became homeschooled, so like that didn't really help me out at all. Yeah, because the snow actually kept you at school. Yeah, that was the issue. So. <laughs> Did y'all ever like do the flush the ice down the toilet or like the utensils under the bed? I remember we did it when we were growing. Yeah. You might want to explain. I have yeah. no idea what, you, what we're talking about. You understand about. Really? that you grew up in Kentucky and Ohio. They've grown up in Texas. That's true. There That's are true. no traditions Enough involving snow. Enough snow to cancel school is one flake of snow <laughs> in Texas. It's one snow to cancel school. A single yeah. snow. That's it. <laughs> so explain the... Yeah, I mean, flushing anytime, utensils down the toilet? No, no. no that's what I Utensils under the bed, you flush ice down the toilet. It's just, you know, like superstitions, superstitions to make snow happen. Because you'd get so much snow and you just hope there's enough. I don't I don't really get why either kind of started, but it was just something we did. Feels like a bad move for your pipes to, to do that. I'm going to be honest. They're cold enough. Ice yeah. doesn't change anything, right? I don't know how they work. I'm not a plumber. <laughs> Thank you. You don't plumb. Okay. <laughs> Shocker, guys. I know you didn't see that coming. Not a plumber. Yeah. 
well, the reason that we're talking about this is because um, in the four weeks of what we call the Advent or Christmas season is hope, joy, love, and peace. Yeah. Um, not necessarily going to cover those in that order, but we do the first one first. We're going to talk about hope. Um, and so today we have a resident theologian. Uh, he is preacher extraordinaire. He has traveled oh, the world. Man. Traveled the world he sharing has. the gospel yeah. with Tens of people. Tens. Um, and, Tens of people. And, and Recently, in the last few months, got back from a European vacation. That's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You just said that on the podcast. That's crazy. Okay. So, Zach uh, is going to kind of walk us through some stuff that he's preparing to teach to our students. And we're going to just talk a little bit about hope. So, Zach, fire away. What you got? Yeah. I mean, I want to start with this question. Just like not even a no personal kind of thing here, but more just in general. What do you how would you define hope? Um, <clears throat> Hebrews 11. <laughs> I think a lot of people define hope with, with kind of this, like, I mean, we can get biblical, but, like, as a generic sense, like, people are like, I I hope for something, like, I, I want something that doesn't exist mm-hmm. yet, but there's optimism yeah. to some extent that it will exist. Yeah, yeah. from yeah. a cultural standpoint, <clears throat> wishful thinking. Yeah. Wishing. Yeah, mm-hmm. wishing. Yeah. Like, man, wouldn't it be great if that would be, I mean, that's... I mean, obviously, as a believer, that's not what hope is to us. But I think if you ask the the normal person, it's this, you know, kind of like, well, I hope I win the lottery, mm. um, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, when I was looking into this kind of stuff, like looking at just like straight up Google definition, like the verbiage of it is want something to happen. So it is like literally that coin flip in life of like, I'm going to flip this up and I really hope it's going to be tails. You don't know if it is. It's just kind of like just that wishful thinking, like you were saying. The biblical view, when you kind of look up just Bible definition of hope, is this confident expectation of something. Um, It made me think, I I know Wes joked about this, but my time in Germany, okay, um, I remember on July 4th, I was in Germany, didn't exactly celebrate our country's independence over there, surprisingly. Um, So, but a couple guys are haters. Uh, a couple of uh, guys I met over there took me hiking in Austria, going on the Alps. It was beautiful. And uh, they got to this one part where we climbed up a little uh, part of the That mountain. sure sounded like vacation, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay Name dropping. We were hiking on yeah, the Alps, yeah, just yeah, so you yeah. guys know. Let me get through the story, all right. <laughs> um, but we climbed up this little part to this, like, this little pool of water. It was just us. And we get up there, and Josiah, who was here from Germany a, couple, or a few weeks back, uh, he climbs up this one side of the mountain first and he starts climbing up and I realize, oh, he's going to jump into the water from 15 feet up. Me being someone that's terrified of heights, then looked over at my other friend David I was with and I said, are you going to do that too? And when he said, well, of course, I then responded with, well, I guess I can't make my country look like we're a bunch of punks over here. That's right. Um, That's right. Stand, stand up. up for Merck. Yeah. <laughs> Had to defend defend our honor. So On July 4th. On July 4th, nonetheless. Today, um, we celebrate oh our gosh. Independence Day. <laughs> That's right. We will not go quietly into the night. There it is. Mm, we will we jump will off the side of the Alps of the water. <laughs> we will leave from the Alps. We will leave strong. Uh-huh. Uh, a whole hey. 15 feet down. Hey, man. When you're I mean, you, there, you're, you're, this, so did really you jump? Hold on, hold on. That's First of all, I met some of these people. This is like a United Nations of cliff diving here. United Nations. Because, I mean, David, is that, that's what we got from Ukraine, right? 
Uh, yeah, his family is. He's so like you've got Austrian, Ukrainian. Ukrainian, Austrian, and then a German, German. and then uh, Hill, uh, you're from Kentucky. Hillbilly. Yeah, okay. Hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're man. my dad, so be careful now, okay? <laughs> okay, so go ahead. But we climb up. They climb up the side. I'm the last one to go, and I look over. And, yes, I had both seen them do this jump already, but you look over, and this water is pitch black. You cannot see what's down there. You have no idea. And for me, that's what, when I thought of this word hope, it is this, the kind of worldview of it is kind of jumping into the deep end of a dark water and you're just like, I hope I make it out. Don't know if I will, but I hope I do. Whereas the Bible, it's this, you get to, you know, you put a face to this word hope. Um, so I like, I like looking at just that view of it. And I want to look at specifically a scripture, Jeremiah 29, 10 through 14, when it comes to this, uh, this, this message of hope, um, do you guys want to talk? I don't know if any of you just off the top of your head well, got the context. Before you, you, like, yeah, before we, we go there, I, as we read the passage, yeah. it's, it's important to remember as we read this, we're thinking that biblical definition of yeah. hope. Because um, it isn't the just jumping off into the, to the, the no. deep. It is a confident expectation. Yep. Um, like these are words that you can trust. These are words that have been proven to be true. Uh, it's like we we have no confidence to believe that the Cowboys will win the world that will win the Super Bowl because they because the they haven't. <laughs> there is some level of confidence. There can, may be a better chance that the Cowboys win the World oh, Series. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like they ha- they don't do it, so there's no reason to believe yep. that they yeah. do. But we serve a God who does come through. Yep. Yeah. So it's confident expectation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it doesn't all the, go all the way to like obviously the biblical reality, but there is a. As you watched even the, the, the diving off of the cliff, there's a big difference between being the one that goes first and the one that goes third mm-hmm. because your confidence builds, but your confidence builds off of evidence that this has yeah. happened before and therefore it can happen again. Yeah. Um, and so that's really kind of a lot of what you're going to see in Scripture is there's, there's our confidence based on who he is. There's confidence moving forward, but so much of that confidence in who he is and the confidence moving forward is based on who we have seen him to be in the past, mm-hmm. um, who, who God has revealed himself to be in his character and his nature, um, the kind of the, the, the divine revelation of who he is um, throughout human history. Yeah. So um, anyway, uh, yeah, but I agree with J.D. Like that's the kind of thing, like we're looking for the distinctions between mm-hmm. worldly hope and biblical and heavenly hope. Yeah. Um, and, and, and part of it is like being able to see how we come to these conclusions. So yeah. anyway, go ahead. You well, and on the context part, because yeah. you asked yeah, about yeah, the context. Yeah. Um, so the, the section that you're about to read in Jeremiah 29, uh, if you start, like this is one of the more famous passages in Scripture. And if I could speak very frankly here, uh, it is maybe one of the most taken out of context Sections. Yeah, it's our graduation. Yeah, yeah Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Um, well, I mean, I'll, I'll we'll read it in a second, but I'll read it here. Is for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans, plans for welfare, not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Um, and we we latch onto this the graduation verse. We latch onto this as like, well, here, like God's given me a future, and that future involves. All of these things that I think it involves it involves a six-figure salary. It involves yeah. marriage, kids, all of these things that that aren't expressly written here because we have to remember who this is written to. Um, and at the beginning of the chapter, at the little heading, it says Jeremiah's letter to the exiles. Yep. So these are people who this letter has gone towards that are experiencing experiencing some level of suffering, and so they're clinging to hope that's coming 
even though they're not necessarily experiencing it right now. And yeah. I think that's, that is something that is truly a message to believers who are exiled from their home. Mm-hmm. But it's all about what you're latching on to. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the way we, we preach it a lot of time with the graduation services, which we, we, kind of, we kind of started bringing that up a few years ago here. Of like, we, we, pro- we project this into this text where it's like, man, you've graduated high school. You've, you've, you've just accomplished something utterly amazing. Now the world is your oyster. Go out in there and just the world's going to give you everything you want in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and the context of this verse is uh, it's bad. It's, it's going to keep being bad. Yeah. For a while, historically, but hold they still on. had like what seventy years. Yeah, or it's not. Yeah, yeah it, we're not. We got a ways to go. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but there's something you can hold on to in the bad, mm-hmm. and that to me is is so much more powerful because so often, um, I mean, it's easy to hold on to hope in the good. Mm-hmm. I mean, the muscle of what it takes to hold on to hope when everything's going right is not a strong muscle. Mm-hmm. The muscle that we have to work in order to hold on to that hope when things are bad, that's a muscle that requires work. Yeah. Yeah. Go well, ahead, Reverend. That's it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to read through it real quick. Just again, verses 10 through 14 here. For this is what the Lord says. When 70 years for Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. For I know the plans I have for you. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you. This is the Lord's declaration, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and places where I banished you. This is the Lord's declaration. I will restore you to the place from which I deported you. So like we were talking about, this is these these uh, Jewish people that are exiled, they're in Babylon. Uh, Babylon had been attacking Jerusalem a couple times at this point. They've been taking these people away, this forceful removal from their home. Um, and when we pick up this letter in verse 10 specifically, God kind of gives this timeline for them. Um, why to y'all is, would you say, it's important that God gave this timeline here for these people? Well, I, <clears throat> I mean, false prophets would come in before this, and I mean, Wes, they're like uh, Zach, you and I have talked about this, but yeah. like false prophets were were saying like, oh, it's about to happen, like it's mm-hmm. happening tomorrow, um, like, and that's a that's a tickle your ears type of message, of here's a prophecy. I'm gonna tell you like you're gonna get all the things that you want to get. Well, it's easy to say that. Yeah. It's hard to say. Well, yeah, you're gonna f- experience freedom, but it's gonna be in seventy years, which ironically. Jason mentioned this about the uh, the graduation. Like, you know, you're talking to 18-year-olds. Yeah. Like, hey, God's going to give you hope in the future. Ironically, for most of them, when, like, if they accept the Lord, when they're truly going to experience this hope in this future might be in about 70 years, whenever they go to be with the Lord. Um, and so it is kind of ironic, like, and this is true for the believer, like, the hope in the future <laughs> is not necessarily, I mean, it can be found here on earth, but, like, the yeah. greater version of that is what we experience whenever we get to go be with our Savior. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very hard for us, I think, in with Western culture to imagine what this really feels like. Because for us, <clears throat> in order for us to say that we are prospering or being blessed by God, it means that everything around us is going well. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of cultures in, like when we were in Africa um, and in a lot of other places like Third World, they have a different perspective on struggle that they consider the struggle the blessing mm-hmm. because it reminds them that this is not their home. 
And so like they don't anchor their hope to here. They expect here to be difficult. So if you were to tell that group of people, hey, it's going to be 70 years and then you get to go spend eternity mm-hmm. with God, they're going to go, oh, what a, what a glorious thing that's going to be. Yeah. I can't wait for the next 70 years to tick off the clock. Like that's a different kind of hope. It's, it's the same reason I think you see somebody like Paul be so frustrated when they're like, we're going to kill you. Uh, and he's like, man, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yep. And they're like, well, um, well uh, I guess we're going to make you suffer. And he's, well, I consider the sufferings of this present time not worthy to be compared to the glory that is to be revealed to us. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, that it. What do we do with you? Like we can't, we can't rob you of your hope, and it's because they didn't possess anything that could steal his hope away. His hope was fixed in something that they had no handle for, mm-hmm. and so they couldn't remove it or take it away from them at all. Um, and and that's I think what God is trying to aim them at is they're grasping for hope in the seen physical yeah. world, and He's like, what you need a hope that you can run to even when the world around you is collapsing. Yeah, I mean He's gonna actually connect their hope because we stop at 2911 every time um, we kind of quote this verse on a coffee mug or a t-shirt but he's going to say you will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart and I will be found by you he's attaching their hope to a relationship mm-hmm. like there he's going for you for this to be true of you to give, for me to give you a hope in a future it's going to come with a relationship with me and it's going to be connected to yeah. um, a relationship with God yeah. Yeah. The hope in, is not in the elements of like earthly prospering. Right. The hope is in the one who gives the gifts in the first place. So like that's where the anchor comes from. Like I, I love the yeah, I love the way you put that. Yeah, I think it's interesting when it comes to hope, you often like we often do want that like short term satisfaction, but also the long term, I mean the future of what that thing can offer. And God here I mean, verses 12 and 13 talks about praying to him. It talks about how uh, he's, he's there with us. Like he, we can search him. We can find him if we, if we desire to. Like he's there. He gives us that short term. He also gives us that long term promise of you're going to return home. Yeah. Whereas the things the world wants to offer us, it gives us, you know, drugs, sex, alcohol. All these things are so short term focused. Yeah. And they make you like, oh, man, short term. This is so nice. But then it kind of gets fuzzy long term. But, you know, because the short term is so good for so many people, they kind of ignore that there's no future with these things. And that's kind of what we get here, even with God giving a specific timeline of these 70 years. He's giving them this this future, like it talks about in verse 11, that nothing else around them is going to give them. That's why these false prophets can benefit from giving this temporary hope for them, uh, because it just sounds really good. And yet... You know, it's it's that thing that our generation is getting. I mean, honestly, like teens, we talk about me and Wes do, like about how teens nowadays are so good at telling real from fake, because there's so much fake everywhere. There's so much fake, so that when you see something real, it stands out way different than anything else. Um, and I think that's that's just what God is kind of showing us in in this story. Um, and then as you continue through it. Um, again, I really like what it talks about the future and the hope. I know that's the, you know, gets grossly misquoted and stuff like that at times. Um, but it, it is true even for us personally. Like when I thought about stories of hope in my life, I mean, the big part of my testimony is me getting diagnosed with diabetes in sixth grade. At the time, you know, I looked at earlier parts of my life. And I was like, man, I was always a good kid, never did 
anything really that bad maybe you know did a little lie here or there like whatever but it was overall it was like I'm a good kid nothing bad's gonna really happen to me in my life and then this diabetes thing gets hit and for years and years it's this anger and confusion and frustration with God of like why 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 and I dealt with kind of trying to understand what the purpose for it was and one of the big things when I went to Germany I spent a lot of time in kind of southern Germany but also did a week up in northern Germany with a baseball camp and one night they had me share my testimony from the stage I remember going on the stage and talking about my diabetes and saying for so long I didn't understand my purpose and I used that word and I remember after this lady comes up to me and she had her own health issues and she was asking me how did you get to this place where you just went, okay, God, I don't understand it, but instead of living a miserable life bogged down and just gloomy and dark about this junk that's like destroying me inside, like instead of focusing on that, why not focus on what the good God can do with it? And she asked me how I got to that place, and it was like, it just takes some time. It takes faith. Like you got to, that faith in God that he can turn those those bad things that the world wants to tell you and to use it for something for good and that he does have that plan of future and that hope for you. Um, and I told her like that moment in particular was such a big moment for me in my own life of going like, well, th this is the moment I've been waiting for and praying for for years in my life where I get to use my story and I get to impact someone else and help them understand like God's got a purpose for this. You just got to hold on. And you got to believe that this hope that he talks about, this future that he talks about, is something that is really something he desires for you. And like we've we've said before, you may you know you may go your whole life and not get to know what that is exactly in you know your your life on earth. You may not get to see what that is, what that purpose is. But there's a day you're going to get to go to heaven, and all of that's going to get taken away from you, and it's going to be this beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, you think about. <clears throat> Uh, Jesus, he, um, I think it's John nine. He's he coming, uh, he's coming out of the temple, and there's a paralyzed man laying there, uh, or he might have been blind. Gosh, I think he might have been blind actually, and uh, he was begging, and his disciples were like, "Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he is blind right. since birth?" Yep. And um, Jesus is like, "Neither, so that the Son of Man may reveal himself, may be receive glory." I forget, I might be misquoting it, but. <clears throat> In that moment, it's you. You kind of get perspective to your suffering, and I kind of see that with you, Zach, in this moment that you had um, in in Germany. But honestly, before that, whenever mm -hmm. you, you recognize that you, we don't always understand why things take place, and mm -hmm. uh, we it's hard to see the hope sometimes. But the hope is that confident expectation yeah. that God is going to come through. God's going to have a purpose for for some of these things, and even when it comes to the suffering that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. um, this man was blind for his entire life, perhaps for the express purpose of sitting out here outside the temple to be a demonstration to the world of the healing power found in Jesus. And you have to ask yourself as believers, is suffering for the sake to be a picture of the gospel worth it to us? Mm -hmm. And it, it has to be, right? Like it, we have to, like, and there's times we're all going to suffer. And to suffer well is such a powerful testimony to people watching. Oh, yeah. And it showcases truly the hope that we do have in Jesus for people who are so surrounded by hopelessness. We mm -hmm. talk about students that can sense 
false hope versus real hope. Mm. Um, and I think that's why there's such hopelessness walking around the world today because they experience just false hope after false hope. Yep. They're chasing all these things. And they, haven't ex- they haven't tasted and seen that the Lord is good. And so that's what we're pleading with students constantly. That's why we're pleading with people constantly. Just taste and see that the Lord is good. This is not false hope. This yep. is hope that is confident expectation. You yeah. know, I think, go ahead. Well, I, I think in this text, you, you're dealing with not just not just the word hope, but there's a number of words that have to be like kind of examined because there's a there's kind of an earthly version and then a really biblical version of what it's actually saying. Um, like even the word prosper, like our identifying of the word prosper means okay, so that I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. We go, well, prosper, we view as a change of my circumstances. Mm-hmm. But in your situation, Zach, your, wasn't, your circumstances haven't changed. You are still a type 1 diabetic with mm-hmm. multiple autoimmune issues. Mm-hmm. Your circumstances didn't change. How you view God in them is what changed. Mm-hmm. And if you go back to the, like, if you look at the original of this text, it's, it's interesting the way that this is um, stated because it, it uses different words than the ones that we think of traditionally. It says, For I know the thoughts um, that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, of not of evil. Mm-hmm. Thoughts of, and so that, that word peace there, there's a different understanding of, of what kind of you're dealing with um, because this is to me like the kind of the, the crux of what you're saying, use, kind of using your testimony as an, as, as an example. Mm-hmm. Completeness. Um, tranquility, um, like this understanding, like God is good despite the fact that my circumstances didn't change. Yeah. My hope is rock solid because my hope is in something else. Mm-hmm. God prospering you wasn't that he changed your circumstances. God <clears throat> changed your heart mm-hmm. and transformed you, and then that transformed how you see the world. Mm-hmm. That is the peace that God brought you yeah. instead of leaning into the evil um, that is found there. So I, I got something else I'll say in a minute. What were you going to say? Yeah, um, I had a couple things, but one, I was actually thinking about a different encounter with Jesus, just this idea of hope. I thought about when he's walking through the crowd and the, the woman um, with just the has issue to, of blood. Yes, yeah. the issue of blood just has to touch the hem <clears throat> of his garment. And I go, that is the picture of hope. A belief that if I can get in contact with Jesus and I can have an experience with Christ, that he can change my life. And I just love like that picture of she knew if she could get to Jesus, it was going to make all the difference for yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of lived that out. But one of the things that you kind of just sparked, we've been talking about in our group of people that are going through counseling certification is when you think about circumstances and, and God, oftentimes we go, my circumstances are bad, but God is good. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how even the language of that puts these two things against each other. Right. It's like God is good. And sometimes my circumstances are bad. Yeah. But both things can be true. But I think sometimes we go, if my circumstances are bad, is it possible that there's still hope? Yeah. So even like how we talk about it, I think it's important because we go, God is good and faithful yeah. and there's hope in Jesus no matter what my circumstances are. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I like, like the illustration of Zach's story because we're so used to thinking prospering means coming out of mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of learning to find joy with, within. And so, like, if you have if you have a cancer diagnosis in many cases, or uh, I mean, like Zach with diabetes, or it can be a non medical issue. Obviously, it's something that you just live in, and learning to go like God, I have hope in God in this, mm-hmm. and not just 
my hope doesn't my hope is growing in this my hope's not just growing if I get out of it yeah. um, and, and because if you in in the rest of the text when he gets to the end it says you know uh, plans to prosper you not to harm you or in this translation plans of peace and not of evil we, it says and hope and a future in the original language it says an expected end so like that there's this understanding let me kind of give you the the words here um, is uh, I, I'm not being like He'd say like an end of the event, a later time, um, and then the other word. Sorry, I'm jumping around here in my notes. Scroll back into it. There you go. Um, and then the word expected is like literally the word hope. Like there is a hope God had for a certain end. There is a hope God had for a certain result for your life. We go future, meaning everything ends up going good at some point. And he's going, no, there's actually the hope that we saw is the hope that God places in us is that there's an expected and anticipated outcome for this situation in your yeah. life that brings you closer to hope. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, it often becomes with your circumstances, your hope in Jesus or is your hope in like your physical body? Is your hope in Jesus or is your hope in your bank accounts? Your hope in Jesus or is your hope in even your family? Like, that, that's what it often comes because if your hope is in Jesus, then you know where you're going for eternity. Like we've talked about, like the time on your time on earth is so short in the grand scheme of time. So if your hope is in Jesus and yep. the future that he has for you and the eternity he has for you, then the stuff and the situations that we deal on this earth, like they're, they're nothing compared to that. <clears throat> yeah, but I think, I think also we can get into a, a topic like this and it almost sounds like super churchy in a way where we're like, Man, why don't people not get this? Like, mm-hmm. I don't get this. Yeah. Like, I, I intellectually, I spiritually understand it. Mm-hmm. But there are so many things in my life that I still struggle to find peace in the waiting for and yeah. find joy in the waiting for. Um, there's so many things where, like, I find I, I will I will have anxiety as opposed to anticipation um, when there are certain things that I go um, when when I go when when God says I have plans I, I want I almost want to go well no 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 I have plans mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and God I need I need you to meet me in my plan because that's what's going to make me feel better right now and God's going it, the plans are not mine he, he says I have a plan yeah. it's us aligning with His plan not Him aligning with ours. But the truth is, this is a daily struggle. I mean, right now, like we're building a house, and it's it got extended by a month, and we're like sitting there going, "How will we?" And we're living in a temporary home, like we're not yeah. homeless, like. But but even in that, we're like going, "How you know? Why are my plans not going the way that I thought?" Um, we, we can we joke at the beginning of this about like sports, but I've seen grown adults break down emotionally because the Cowboys were eliminated from a season again. Zach. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you give me like a year and a half ago. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like we say this almost as if, man, I can't believe people struggle with this. But mm-hmm. we are all struggling with this. Mm-hmm. Like this is a thing that, I mean, you you guys just went through a, a whole pile of stuff in your life. I mean, a lot of it good. You had a baby and everything, but also yeah. Arden Claire was in a car wreck. Um, you worried, you know, was, some, was there anything wrong with the baby? And then you've got to figure out how to get a new car while you have the added expense of a baby coming into the world. Legal issues. all Legal, yeah, yeah, all yeah. of it. And, you, and it's easy in that moment yeah. to, to not embrace, like, I know the plans. I have plans to prosper you and not to harm you. We're like, right now it doesn't feel unharmed. Yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating at times. And you're like, okay, well, here I am. I'm trying to, like, I'm pastor at a church trying like and it 
there's this joy coming of this this son that's being born, but it's like it feels like it's being drowned out by all this frustration and all these all these issues. And I'm just like, what? Why is this taking place? And it is it is hard to like cling to yeah. the truth there, even though you know it. Yeah. Um, and I think I think about the Romans eight passage, like waiting with expectation, like what, eagerly waiting. Uh, it seems like an oxymoron. Like yeah, how absolutely. Do, how, how do these things work? Um, I frustratingly I, wait. Yeah, you know, well, it's like I annoyingly wait. I do, and I, I tap my foot, and I'm angry at people standing in front of me at the checkout line. Like I'm just like, all right, mad at the car in front of you. Like, why are you go home? Like, why are you on the road? <laughs> and, and it's just like, why is everybody out today? Like, everybody should not be out, and I should be the only one doing anything. Um, it's like we get frustrated at these things. And th- if you're if you're listening to this, and you're like, wow, they're just like telling me what to do. It's like the thing is. It's a, it's a, like an attitude you have to coach yourself on. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like an, it's an aspirational sort of thing of like, mm-hmm. hey, like approach this like not with, oh gosh, I'm the worst person ever if I'm failing at this, but recognizing constantly preaching to yourself, this is what hope is. Yeah. Like it's you have not experienced it yet. Yeah. Like if it were, like you you don't hope for the things that you see. Like that's scripture. Like you have to hope for something that's not here yet. And so, like, we we hope in the midst of the frustration, and it hopefully gives us a certain level of peace in the midst of the frustration. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we're longing for. Because one day, Zach, you will not be a type 1 diabetic. That's true. Right. Like, that's coming. Yep. Um, and just because, like, we live in a culture and in a modern Christianity where, like, God's going to set you free from whatever. And I'm like, man, I truly believe that. If you're in Christ one day, every disease will be healed. That Like, you will not suffer anymore. But... That's not necessarily true right now. Yeah. I've seen saints pass away from cancer. I've seen yeah. saints go through, lose children. I've seen people that God deeply loves and cares for experience levels of suffering that I do not understand and I cannot comprehend, but they find peace in the hope that they yeah. have that one day everything's going to be made right. Well, and that's where you have to grab a hold of this, the reality of Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, which is I want God, so, and this is where you have to preach to yourself every mm-hmm. day. My desire, Lord, is that my life my moments would have the expected end that brings you the most glory from your plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really what Jeremiah 29 is actually saying. It's not that God would bring me the stuff I want from my plan. It's that it's God's plan and he's willing to involve me in it and that there is hope because God's plan will always come through. Mm-hmm. Yep. God's plan is going to happen. God's desire will occur on this earth in every moment that he desires it and in every situation that he wants it to happen. Yeah. He is sovereign and in control. And so when we align with, when, when we try to get him to align with our plan, our plans fail all the time. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to have hope in our plans, but his plan has never failed. And so as we align our lives to that, it, it changes everything. And it's it, it's a, it's a really it's a it's a powerful thing. I'm excited, you know, Zach. I mean, I know you're getting to teach on this, and I think it's going to be um, really cool um, for our students to hear this and all those leaders in there. It's good stuff. Well, it kind of tells you how to find your hope, and you maybe yeah. Maybe, I, don't know if, I don't know if Wes has anything to say, or Zach, if you want to kind of end on this. But on verse 13, like that tells you, like in a way, how to gra- how to grasp onto that hope. Yeah, I don't, Wes. I don't know if you had. Um, no, I didn't have a ton. Just my kind of my main thing was, if we begin to live as people with this hope, mm-hmm. we can't help but stand out in a world full of hopelessness. Like mm-hmm. you just look around, just from a kind of a gospel standpoint, I look around and you go, everything in the world 
that the world offers is hopeless. Mm -hmm. So if believers kind of let go of all the hopeless things and grabbed on to the hope of Jesus, people around us couldn't help but see it in us. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that was kind of my overall thought about this, is yeah. that I live as a person with hope in Jesus. Yeah. The lost people around me will notice and they will ask, yeah. how do you walk through suffering, struggle, even if it's not suffering, the mundane of life with hope. Yeah. They're going to ask questions and it just swings the door wide open for the well, gospel. Every hope we have in this world is either disappointing or temporary. Right. Mm -hmm. Every single one of them. Like you you can I mean I I was a I grew up in the 90s. I mean, I saw the Cowboys win three Super Bowls. Okay. And then I've had 30 years of disappointing, disappointing, disappointing. You guys have had a lifetime of disappointing, disappointing, disappointing. Who cares? The Rangers um, won, guys. Right, right. Who cares? But even that, like, there's, there's a, this is what I mean. It's temporary, right? Because yeah. the Rangers are World Series champs, and they will be until next year, and who knows, they may be again. But there will come a day. And when the not, Rangers you're not, will, you're not raining on this parade. <laughs> there will come a day when the Rangers are no longer the World Series yeah. champions, and they will let me down again. Like it, it will come whenever it I'm. Will. I'm very frustrated with the Rangers, yeah. but I will never have to say it. My team's never going to win. That's true, but nonetheless, yeah. all of those hopes are either temporary mm -hmm. or disappointing. Yeah, and so. Anchoring to any hope, I mean, like you can go, man. I want to, I want to live a great life. Well, eventually you're going to die. It's temporary. Even if you live a, what you think is a fantastic life, you will die. It is going to be temporary. And if you're not attached to something eternal, then you're going to be let down for a way longer time. Mm -hmm. Like so, you have to, you have to wrestle against those temporal things and those disappointments because those are going to happen in this life. Mm -hmm. That is just the way it is. Yeah, and again, like JD was saying, verse thirteen. Start at 14, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I be found by you. It's, you know, it's like God playing hide and seek with a three-year-old. He's just standing yeah. in the middle of the open. And it's like, if you just turn around and open your eyes, he's right there. Like, God doesn't hide from us. Like, he, he yeah. his desire for us is to have the hope that is in him. You just got to go look for him. Do you remember, I mean... For those of you in podcast world that are listening and maybe not know this, Zach's my son. So, like, when you were little, do you remember how we would play hide-and-go-seek? Like, if I was hiding somewhere, you couldn't find me? Uh-huh. No. So, I mean, I would just be, I'd be in a closet or I'd be somewhere else oh, Zach yeah. couldn't find me, and then I would start doing something. Oh, probably making a noise Yeah, you start something. making yeah, a noise yeah. or, you know, making bird noises and stuff, and then he, like, find. That's how God plays this. Like, God's yeah. he's, he's not trying to not be found. Yeah. He is trying to be found. Yeah. And so he's making it obvious. It's not like you're just going, man, I don't know. I was trying to find God and I just done. Yeah. Good. He's like looking for you. It's yeah, like you're absolutely. looking You're looking for somebody. It's like two-way hide and seek. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he is looking for you. And I think that that is where the hope is found. That, yeah. That is where the hope is found is um, so many people read that verse 2911. They're like, well, God's going to do it for me. They don't keep on looking. They don't keep on searching. Yeah. They don't keep on reading and recognizing that, hey, God is like, if you you will seek me and yeah. find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so there's the question an active becomes, part for us. Yeah, the question yeah. becomes: Are you seeking the Lord? Yeah. yeah. Are you seeking Him with all your heart? Yeah. So normally we go, I want hope, therefore I will seek the things that bring me the hope that I want. But and that's true. But you have to make sure that the hope that you want is Him. Mm -hmm. So He's saying to get the hope you want, you actually have to seek God, and seeking God is what brings you the hope that you're desiring. Yeah. Yeah, and what's so great about this as we wrap up. There's no, if you if you don't know your history for this, um, God's promise comes through. I mean, 605 B.C., this is when the exiles are, they leave, they go to Babylon. 536 B.C., right before the 70th year, guess who starts coming back? 
the exiles. Yep. God fulfills his promises. And just like the exiles that we read in the story, the same way we are exiles on this earth because our home one day for eternity and eternity will be heaven, we get to live in the hope that our God, through his son Jesus that he sent for us, we will get to be reunited in our home as well. Thank you for joining us today in our Advent series. Join us next week as we talk about peace.